Hello and welcome to Afternoonified. The podcast where I have no idea what I'm getting into. I'm Emily. I'm Sarah. And before we start, I just wanted to remind you that this was totally 100% your idea. Am am I going to regret this? I know I am. Honestly, I'm more scared for your episode than I am for than you should yeah, be for mine. It's pretty gnarly. Um, this was my idea, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, to fill you guys in, um, I presented the idea like two months ago, three months ago, long time ago, that Sarah and I should each pick a topic and not tell the other what it was until we actually started doing the episode. So I've had to live with that. <laughs> I was going to say, I assumed that you had done it because you planned to surprise me with something very terrible. Yes, I actually did uh, mention it to resident Canadian Sadie um, way before I suggested it because I knew that you probably weren't going to let me do it otherwise. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So, yeah, the most that we know about this is that neither of us are doing the same thing or both yes. of us are. Whatever. Sadie has checked. I would be very surprised if we had managed to pick the same topic. Well, we... I know we, we have a lot of shared interests, but there's just so many things in the world. I had one, and then Lore did it, and now I can't do it for, what's the grace period? Like, six months? <laughs> we had an entire episode about the Order of the Solar Temple ready to fucking go, and then... Like, three days before we were set to record it, last podcast released a three-part series. That's why you haven't heard it. Yeah, I was going to say, that one's been sitting on the, the brainstorm list as already written since I started. Yeah, it, I Which had it around Christmas. Three months ago. Um, yeah, because it's really hard to find information on that topic. And, like, Marcus Parks has 40 hours a week to fucking do research and interns. So he found the information. That I could not. Anyways, Sarah, what what are we what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Today, Emily, we are going to talk about three creepy stories about twins. No. <laughs> yes. Twins, we're doing twins. We're doing twins. Actually, like I would say two of the three stories are a little creepy. And one is just And one is just a little creepy. Uh, fun fact before we get into this, uh-huh. uh, in the movie The Shining, the twins were never in the book. Really? They were mentioned in the book because the whole Grady killed his family thing uh, was there, right. but the twins never made an appearance. They don't appear. Now, I was under the impression they aren't twins, actually, aren't they? They just, like, say it's his daughters. Are they ever specified as twin daughters? No, never specified as twin daughters. I was going to say, and I think even the girls that played them in the Kubrick movie, they were not actually twins. They were siblings at least. Yeah, for sure, but... Not twins. Yeah. Anyway, oh. that's why the uh, TV adaptation from the 90s is better. Anyway, keep going. Twins. <laughs> so, yeah. Where do we want to start? Um, Do you know what twins are, Emily? Because I wrote a whole primer on it in like five <laughs> minutes before we started. I was like, Sadie, I can't ask Emily this, so I'll ask you this. Do we need to tell people what twins are and how they work? Um, like, yeah, why not? I, I think we should maybe talk about the biology of it. But yes. I think if people don't know that twins are two people born at the same time who are related, well, no, that's too loose. 
you do your thing. <laughs> so the definition Wikipedia gave me was offspring produced by the same pregnancy. So, I mean, you're pretty much right. Yeah, but like my thing, it could have been cousins who were born at the same time. It's true. Semantics. But same pregnancy. Related is a little broad. Yes. yes. Same pregnancy. Uh, so they can be either monozygotic or identical, meaning that's when it's a single zygote and it splits to form two embryos. Or it's mm-hmm. dizygotic or fraternal, meaning each twin each twin developed from a separate egg fertilized by its own sperm cell. But they just so, happen to, to be there at the same time. Yeah. So like the fallopian tubes, is that what it is? Like they release. <laughs> you have them. <laughs> yeah, but I haven't taken biology in, I'm not going to date a, myself, a while. It's been at least 13 years I don't for remember me, what the names are. But anyway, like you release two eggs at the same time, which is a thing that happens. That's um, horrifying, honestly. And that's how you get the cases, like, you can have twins born with different fathers. Um, you can also have biracial couples. Um, they can have twins that exhibit completely different ethnic and racial traits, kind of depending on... That's not awkward at all. ...the genetic material up. that got passed along. Very cool. interesting. Uh, so in North America and Europe, the twin birth rate is about 6 to 9 to 16 twin sets per 1,000 births. Um, that's pretty much in the middle. The lowest birth rates are in Latin America, India, Pakistan... Bangladesh, Nepal, and Southeast Asia. So it's six to nine sets for every thousand births. Um, so but Central... it's, it's a lower possibility in like more of the Asia part of things. Yes. Okay. Um, and then Central Africa is actually where it's the highest on the high end. Interesting. Um, so like 18 to 30 twin sets. Um, and then the Yoruba people of Western Africa, they have the highest rates in the world, which is like 45 to 50 twin sets per thousand births. Well, fuck. Um, this is due, according to Wikipedia, due to the high consumption of a certain type of yam. Um, but essentially, like, it contains some sort of natu- natural phytoestrogen. I don't know what that is. Some form of estrogen, um, which may stimulate the ovaries to release an egg from each side. Hyperovulation, as we were discussing earlier. I'm going to need the exact kind of yam where you can buy them and how to avoid them. <laughs> well, they come from Central Africa, so I don't think you're going to come into... I could, go- I could go on vacation. I mean, go for it. <laughs> Just don't eat any yams. All right. Um, I'm on a yam-free diet from yam-free here on diet. out. Uh, so the idea that twins run in families is only half true. Um, there's no genetic predisposition to give birth to identical twins. But women who have a family history of fraternal twins are more likely to give birth to fraternal twins themselves. Because there's a, the hyperovulation thing is genetically genetically linked okay yeah i thought they were supposed to like skip a generation or is that just some old wives nonsense i don't know probably i'm trying to think how is that not a podcast yet old wives nonsense that that should be a podcast let's not start it because we don't have time but no 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 no. (laughs) if anyone wants to get in touch with me so my dad's are my dad's a twin did i ever tell you this you have not yeah he um is an identical twin um i that was confusing growing up Oh, I can imagine. Are you <laughs> dad actually, or Uncle Gary? It's, yeah, Don or Uncle Dean. And um, they actually would switch places in school. I mean, as that, you do. that's some straight up like 50s twin shenanigans. Yeah, as you, yeah it's exactly. Um, they switched on my sister-in-law Anne once, like before she and Ryan were married. It was before she had met my Uncle Dean. Were they hazing her? Yeah, no, they were hazing her. So they came, I think Dean had come out earlier. Um, and then, like, a couple weeks later, like to Colorado. Like, of a room or physically? Oh, sorry, to Colorado. <laughs> sorry. They were living in Colorado. We were in Minnesota. Dean had gone out to Colorado the week earlier. 
Um, and then the next week, both of them were there and they had just decided that they were going to switch on her and they got my brother in on it. So my brother was like asking my dad, oh, so like, how's Barb doing? Barb being Dean's wife. And we never uncle and, figured it yeah, out. Your uncle and aunt are Dean and Barb. Dean and Barb. From Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just checking. Just yeah. weighing the stereotypes there. <laughs> Does Barb make a good ambrosia salad? Barb mows the lawn a lot. I just got vodka up my nose. <laughs> oh, sinuses are clear. Anyway. Right, so, yeah, now we got that personal fun, fun personal story and all the boring educational stuff out of the way. I'm going to tell you three weird and creepy stories about some twins. I would love to hear that. I'm sure you would. So the first set we're going to talk about are the Jim twins, also known as Jim Springer and Jim Lewis. Oh, what? <laughs> so what? in there, listen to the story. It'll make sense in a minute. Uh, so in peak Idaho. Peak, Ohio, in 1939, a pair of twin boys were put up for adoption and raised by two different couples, and they each gave their new baby the same name, James. <laughs> so Jim Springer and Jim Lewis reconnected in 1970 at the age of 39. Um, and as they started talking, they realized their first name wasn't the only thing they had in common, which is a weird thing to say about twins. Um, so some of this can be explained by genetics. Some of it definitely cannot. Um, both men were six feet tall and weighed 180 pounds. As children, they both own dogs named Toy and taken vacations at St. Pete Beach in Florida. Sorry, it's a lot to process. <laughs> Get ready, because this is like the second point on my very long list. Um, they had both married women named Linda. Both well, couples I mean, eventually divorced. That's not hard in that time period to name a lady named Linda. No, I actually looked it up. Um, Jim was the most common name in 1939. Linda was up there. I have to imagine, yes. <laughs> and then this next point, um, they both remarried to women named Betty. What? Also a very popular name. Yeah. Um, both both couples would go on to have sons, James Allen, spelled with one L, and James Allen, spelled with two L's. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not even close, right? <laughs> no, it's so far apart. So far apart. Um, both, both had served as part-time sheriffs and both had an interest in carpentry, which that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's just a Midwest dad thing, but, um, both twins chewed their fingernails and suffered from migraine headaches. Well, that could be genetic. Yeah. Um, both smoked Salem cigarettes and drank Miller Lite beer. Again, Midwestern dads. Yeah. I was say, which to be fair, like this is all wild, but it's almost definitely coincidence. I mean, obviously. Like, I mentioned the names, like, also with their sons, like, legacy names, as a person who researches people for a living, are so fucking common in the, please don't use legacy names. <laughs> the juniors and the thirds and the fours, it's a nightmare. So, yeah, not uncommon either. I worked for a man named Dalton, who was a third. Oof. Mm-hmm. That's a... Mm-hmm. <laughs> And my little brother has two middle names, neither of which oh, he no, could, why? Um, for grandparents, because he's the only boy that my mom had. Oh, well, and he has to get both. Correct. Um, like, my name is a family name, not Emily. <laughs> the Faye. The Faye. Uh, no, my my brother's name is Nash William Guy. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> and when he was little, he couldn't pronounce William because he was little, so he told everybody his name was Nash Lemon Guy. <laughs> the 
That's really cute. It is. It's adorable. <laughs> That's adorable. He's 21 now, and I don't think he'd find it funny, but... <laughs> but he we also, do. He also used to refer to Bob and Larry from the Veggie Tales as, quote, boyo-yo. Boyo-yo? Boyo-yo. For both of them? Yes. As a group. I mean... Bob and That's Larry. way more fun to say. Uh, he graduated to Bob and Yeri for a while, and then there was Yeri Boy. But Yeri Boy. That's really Now cute. that I'm finished shaming my brother. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this podcast, does he? Almost definitely not. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> you think my family supports this? <laughs> so, listeners, be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, like, search him on Facebook or anything. <laughs> He'll be easy to find because he gave them all their names. I, I did. I, his full name. You could even take his social security number at this point. Oh, <laughs> uh, back to Jim's. <laughs> ah, Jim's. I was say there's also confirmation bias going into the story. Obviously, like, there's a lot of write-ups and they'll list all the similarities. They're not going to list, like, every little thing that was different. Yeah, I'm expecting there wasn't, <laughs> like, and they both owned blue shirts. I mean, they probably did, which we'll add that to the list. <laughs> But they also styled their hair differently. Like one wore it combed straight back. The other had it. He had beetle bangs. Oh, God. It was very bad 70s hair. I've seen a picture. Um, And then like one of the gyms had actually divorced his Betty wife and gone on to marry a third Sandy. And then as far as I can tell, the other one did not follow suit. That we know of. He could have had a mistress named Sandy and we wouldn't know. (laughs) But he has to keep it secret. Correct. But yeah, I was like, none of this, like, I can make excuses for like how this is weird, but not that weird. But like, it's still pretty weird. I feel like people don't appreciate coincidence as both like a satisfying and totally crazy explanation for things. Yeah, sometimes shit just happens, which is like the weirdest thing of all. Yeah, that's all I got in the gym twins. (laughs) Well, it launched a whole study. And this is actually the Minnesota connection because I got to find one of those everywhere. Isn't that a song from the Muppets? Minnesota connection. <laughs> you know, there should be. Minnesota is the rainbow of the no of, of the Midwest. Is that where you we're yeah. going? But the so after the story about the Jim Twins came out, it prompted the scientist guy at the University of Minnesota, Twin Cities. Oh to fuck do a you, Twin Study. <laughs> it might just be the theater that I was going to that constantly had the ads for this movie that I think came out like a year ago. Um, but the one with the the twins that met in college, and then it turns out there was a third one. And <gasps> yeah. I don't like, know um, what happened because I didn't see it, but it was supposed to be bananas. It's like three perfect strangers or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. like three identical strangers. I have not seen it. I have had many friends who have seen it and told me how good it is. So that's my recommendation to you, listeners. I just need to know what the big twist is. I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to be honest. Emily, Wikipedia. I know. <laughs> I know. It's where I watch all the movies I don't want to actually see. Yeah, did you end up reading that summary for Midsummer? I haven't yet. I still haven't decided. I feel like I probably will before we go because I, I just, I need to be prepared. I was not prepared for Hereditary and it messed me up. I was going to say, it depends on how it's nowhere near as like, like traumatizing. Existentially upsetting. <laughs> it's not as traumatizing as Hereditary because the, like, nothing even comes close to that pole scene and no. everything afterwards. Yeah. Um. But if you're okay with feeling, like, kind of stressed out. I mean, that's the appeal of horror movies. Yeah, but it's a different (laughs) kind of stressed out. It's not like, oh, where's the woman in black, Daniel Radcliffe? She's right behind you. Why don't you see him? It's, I literally have no idea what's happening. 
<laughs> it's that kind of upsetting. I have read some stories, so like I know how the movie starts. I know how, um, I know kind of what's up with when they get to is it Sweden, Norway, Sweden, Sweden. Yeah, I know some of it. Yeah, it's. Uh, we'll see. It's definitely <laughs> I am gonna a go thing. See it. it is a thing that I watched. <laughs> I'm glad I had the like 15 minute walk home by myself, so I oh, could just no. think. I, I could just think about it. I saw it in the middle no. of the day. I saw it in the oh, middle of the okay. day on the 4th of July. Okay. That's a little better. Is it? Well, I, I say, doesn't the whole movie take place? Yep. Right? Oh, sunny and daylight? then, well, no, then we went camping the day after. And yeah, you just made so many poor decisions. Well, and I was like, it's fine. You know, that whole thing takes place in a field. And wouldn't you know, about 30 steps to the left of our campsite was a big open field. Awesome. Good planning. Mm-hmm. Good job. So, Congratulations. Um, more twins. Right. <laughs> so the next that we're going to talk about is the Pollock sisters. This sounds familiar and creepy. Yeah. yeah this might be something you've heard of. I, mean, uh, so I, I like do any, frequent the internet. Yes. Like any feel-good story, this one starts with dead children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On May 7th, 1957, two young sisters, Joanna, who was 11, and Jacqueline, who was 6, uh, were fatally struck by a car as they walked to church in the quiet town of Hexham in Northumberland, England. And that's the end of the story. The end. <laughs> uh, so their parents, John and Florence Pollock, were underst- understandably devastated by the incident. Uh, John, who was highly religious, went a little bit nuts and started insisting he'd had a vision where the girls had been reborn as twins. This sounds like some Nazi shit. Uh, we'll see. We'll get there. Um, I will give a disclaimer up front that I was trying to write this in a very objective manner and did not. I mean, we try. You should be able to tell how much nonsense I feel this is. Uh, Almost immediately. But I mean, I anyway. W- I was present for the missing 411 episode. I am familiar <laughs> with your tone. Yes. It's going to be a lot of that. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> Bring her on the iTunes wife. reviews. Huzzah. Uh, so Florence, who was not insane, didn't believe him. Um, but just over a little, just a little over a year later, in October 1958, she gave birth to twin girls named Jillian and Jennifer. See, that's just she confirmed his crazy, and that's on her. I know. I, I, yeah. I am uh, so kidding. It, I just want to make sure people know that I am <laughs> kidding. Uh, so this birth came as a bit of a surprise, since their doctor had only ever detected one heartbeat. Um, in the story I read anyway, this is presented as like another mysterious aspect of the story and not just 1950s medical care being kind of shitty. Um, <laughs> also supposedly mysterious. Neither parent had a history of twins in their families, but the girls were identical. And as we've already established, identical twins running in families isn't actually a thing. <laughs> so, John, do you have a little imagine... detective hat on? I'm imagining you with a I little do. deer stalker. <laughs> I, it's permanently spiritually above my head. It's just what your hair looks like now. Yes. So John, who I imagine was just super fucking smug about this whole thing, uh, considered the twins a miracle and immediately believed his dead daughters had come back to life. <laughs> As evidence, he pointed to a birthmark above Jennifer's right eye that resembled a scar Jacqueline had had in the exact same spot. Um, also a matching round birthmark on her face. Jillian had neither of these marks, which is supposed to be weird because they're identical, but A, um, no. I don't think that's how birthmarks work. 
be that's not how identical twins work like they're not down to the centimeter identical yeah (laughs) like my dad's an identical twin but like i know him i can tell him apart from my uncle very easily i mean uh well they look different (laughs) (laughs) they don't i mean they look a lot alike but but they look different consider if you will mary kate and ashley olsen (laughs) if you had both of them put in front of you would you be able to tell which one was which well, no, but I bet their sister Elizabeth can. Well, I mean, she also looks like both of them, so... <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so, <laughs> the family moved from Hexham to Whitley Bay uh, when the twins were just a few months old, and that's when they began to notice even more strange coincidences. Are, did you put coincidences in air quotes? No, but they just, it they sounded just happen like you organically, did. don't okay. they? Yeah. Yeah. So as soon as they were old enough to talk, the twins began asking for and describing specific toys that Joanna and Jacqueline had owned. Toys that their parents had long ago boxed away. You said this was the 50s? This would probably be the 60s by this point. They were there born were like late 50s. three toys that you could have. <laughs> we didn't love children before like 1982, so. You had some wooden blocks, some like marbles <laughs> that you would choke on, and a teddy bear. Those were the three <laughs> toys they had in that time period. And lawn darts. And lawn darts. <laughs> Uh, so they even called their dolls by name and collected the ones that belonged to their corresponding sister while, procre- while proclaiming correctly that they were Santa's gifts. Did you just say corresponding sister? Cor- yeah, there's a corresponding sister. So Jennifer is supposed to be Jacqueline and Jillian was supposed to be Joanna. I- so like Jennifer asked for Jacqueline's toy and Jillian asked for Joanna's toy. I'm just really upset about the J names. And it's a lot. Actually, no, this is this is actually what makes me the most mad about this entire story. Jillian is spelled with a G. Fuck you. <laughs> God damn it. I know. It made me very angry. I mean, I would have been like, oh, You're okay. right there. You're right there. It's not like, oh, I really wish I wanted a Janian, but I actually really like the name Jillian better. No, it, it's, spell it the J-way then. Like, I would have been like, oh, okay, about like all J names. I went to school with a family where everyone started with an A and there were 15 kids and it was nuts. But oh, no. there was method to it. You can't give three kids a J name and then be like, no, you're different. No, you're you're going to start with a G instead. <laughs> it's, I, you know what? It's because they're British. Have I told Just you about the... Say it. If I told you about the family I went to school with where all of the girls were named Mary and all of the boys were named Joseph. I feel like you've mentioned this. They were very Catholic, weren't they? Oh, they were aggressively Catholic. Oh, boy. I would say I've heard like the Mary thing a lot. Like you'll see that. There were 10 of them. They yeah, all went by I them. work for. Oh, yeah. You work for a Catholic charity. Yeah. I work for Catholic charities. So a lot of our older donors are very old and Catholic. And there's a lot of Mary Catherine, Mary Teresa, Mary Elizabeth, like. Yeah, all of the girls went by their middle name. It's like, just give yeah. them the middle name as the first name and make Mary the middle name. And it's. But then how could they be this extra holy? Anyway, Catholicism is weird. weird. <laughs> yeah, end of story. <laughs> I think that's the so... the byline for our podcast. Catholicism, <laughs> Catholicism right? <laughs> What's Real the deal? <laughs> okay, now do it in the Jerry Seinfeld voice. I. Mm, what's the deal? No, I can't. I can't do Jerry. You got there. You were right there. You gave up too soon. I know. I... <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about twins, aren't I, we? I can do John Mulaney, and that's the only comedian I can do an impression of. And it's just because I already talk like John Mulaney. <laughs> twins. These Jillian and, and Jacqueline and Jennifer. And Joanna. And jo- I, I 
honestly lose track of which one is which. Anyway, uh, they liked the same foods that their older sisters had liked. Again, there were six foods we gave kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say I also mentioned all, all kids only like like three foods. It's peas, it's macaroni carrots, and cheese, chipped beef. hot dogs. <laughs> I guess they're British. Yeah, so maybe it's different. But like kids only like three foods. Fish sticks. Chicken tenders. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so they also liked the same games. And Jillian once, once pointed to the birthmark on Jennifer's forehead and accurately said it was where Jacqueline had hit her head on a bucket when she was younger. Did she say a bucket? Did she say a bucket? I She said a bucket, I guess. I feel like someone's lying. Hmm. You think? I mean, it is uh, weird. I'm not going to say it's not weird. Uh, Jacqueline apparently also had been having trouble learning to write at the time of her death because um, she tended to hold her pencil upright in her fist, um, which is apparently an issue Jennifer had and not like a common issue for I was all say, children. I know grown ass <laughs> men who still write like that. Are you kidding? <laughs> uh, so when the family took a trip back to Hexham, the twins allegedly knew their way around and could point out landmarks my name as well as the school that they had remembered attending. Allegedly. Allegedly. This is, I could. I could just take that to the beginning of all these sentences and it would make the story make so much more sense. Are we going to roast the next story a little less? I'm just wondering. (laughs) Yes. Actually, the next story is, I won't get into it. It's not, I won't make fun of it. I'll leave it at that. Wow. (laughs) Uh, So um, their mother, Florence, this is where it gets kind of creepy. Once overheard the twins discussing the actual accident that had killed killed their sisters with details that they allegedly couldn't have known. Hmm. Supposedly, Jennifer would often rest her head on Jillian's lap, and Jennifer would say there was blood coming from her eyes. What? (laughs) They were also said to be terrified of passing cars to the point where it was difficult to get them to cross the street. I mean, cars in that time period were very big. (laughs) So their parents, of course, were always very adamant that there was no way the girls could have known any of this. They never talked about their sisters or the accident, but it's like we would have to take their word for it. And it's not really hard to believe that John, who I would like to reiterate, was clearly insane, (laughs) already believed his daughters would be reincarnated like before the twins were born. I thought the deal with reincarnation is that it was instantaneous. You would think. I mean, were they just like floating around in the ether for however many years? And they're like, well, apparently they're waiting for news. I don't know. Our vessels are ready. Yeah. But um, somehow that's creepier. (laughs) It is a little bit now that you think of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, not hard to believe that he may have consciously or unconsciously suggested that these things or suggested these things related to Joanna and Jacqueline to his new daughters. I mean, as an expert, <clears throat> I would say it's the second one. Yeah. Like the fact that they are apparently terrified by cars, this seems really dubious to me because it also seems just as likely as after losing two daughters in a horrific car accident. They were they afraid were probably- of cars. Super crazy, vig- I, yeah, like hyper vigilant rug cars. They were probably pulling them away from the streets at all times. Yeah, and kids are just kids are just so suggestible. And I don't have a source for this. It's just really clear if you've spent any meaningful time around chill, small children, like you can get them to believe anything. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, <laughs> their brains aren't done cooking yet. Obviously, it super sucks that two small children died and their father was having like a mental health crisis. Clearly. Look, man, I'm trying <laughs> to be understanding and not get in trouble for making fun of stuff. No, we can make fun of this because he's a nutter. It's true. He's just, um, I, and I'm not disparaging like the belief in reincarnation. It's just, or how, like, I know people like legitimately that's part of their culture and 
that's that's what you believe fine but like he's just well i mean it, it, it goes from a point nutty about it. it goes from a point of like <laughs> dealing with your grief in a way that like makes sense to you and your religion to uh inflicting weird shit on your new children yes oh my god can you even in that like i that had to be slightly traumatizing I mean, growing up in that household. I had issues with my older sister, and she was still alive. Yes. She hasn't listened to this either, so we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had one more bullet point that I missed. Oh, and like also relatives, family, friends could have said tons about the girls and their deaths. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, kids pick up a lot that you wouldn't imagine they pick up. Yeah, um, to that to that effect uh one day my father was working my father steve my dad was out working on his car and it was like starting to get dark and he said to himself uh what the fuck am i gonna do and then he heard a tiny voice from the walkway say i don't know steve what the fuck are you gonna do so (laughs) (laughs) i read this story it's great every time (laughs) it's my father's favorite i bet but yeah. yeah, kids repeat everything. They pick up everything. They internalize shit. They do. Like for the longest time, I was scared of clowns because I saw half a second of Problem Child on TV. <laughs> That'll get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, real or not, uh, the apparent memories of the twins' past lives eventually begin to fade about the time they turned five. Yeah. And they went on to lead relatively normal lives. And that's kind of where the story ends. I mean, I expect they didn't talk to their dad a whole lot, but... <laughs> Oh, boy. Growing up in that house. Yeah. No one ever gets to complain about daddy issues until your dad has thought you were the reincarnated spirit of his dead first daughters. (laughs) (laughs) Then you get to go strip. Yes. (laughs) What if that's the origin story of every stripper? Oh, God. (laughs) Can we get HBO on the line? I have an idea (laughs) now that they have some money freed up. Oh, they don't have any money for you that, but it's all going into this other new Game of Thrones. I'm going to need Lindsay Lohan, Army Hammer, and I guess the <laughs> Olsons. Oh, and Haley Mills, if she's available. <laughs> it's just going to be called Twins with a Z. Ooh, that's a catchy name. Yeah, it makes it sound like they're like an 80s pop group, but we'll work with it. <laughs> Plus two Army Hammers again. Yes! <laughs> All right, okay. you said there was a creepy, like genuinely creepy twin story. It's creepy and it's really kind of sad. Uh, so this is a story I've like seen like almost not creepy pastas essentially, but like I'll go into a Reddit thread of they're like, oh, like tell us a scary story that's true or what's the scariest Wikipedia page. And I've seen kind of just like a blurb about it and it's about the silent twins. Oh, shit. Ever... Oh, shit. I've heard a little bit about this. Yeah. Yeah, and I had always, too, is I just got, like, a very basic, like, one paragraph of the story, and I'm like, oh, that's super creepy. Yeah, it's usually, and then I like, actually... posted on Tumblr with an image of them, and it's... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I actually read into it, the whole story. It's very well documented, and it's a bummer. Enjoy, everybody. Oh, I'm home alone. <laughs> so this is June and Jennifer Gibbons. They are known as the Silent Twins. Um, We'll get into the J name thing and t- weird twins later. I know. Also, two Jennifers. Yep. It's, I like J names. I get it, but oof. <laughs> <laughs> so, June and Jennifer Gibbons were born in 1963 to Gloria and Audrey Gibbons. It also just occurred to me that this is all around the same time period. 
Well, I guess the gyms were brought in a little earlier. You didn't have anything better to do. But yeah, like something about the 60s and twins. You know, six foods, three toys. <laughs> Where did I end? They were born in 1963 to Gloria and Audrey Aubrey Gibbons, who had moved from Barbados to the United Kingdom in the early 1960s. Uh, June was born first, but Jennifer was born stronger. Um, so she soon became the more dominant. Did twin. they make them arm wrestle when they came out? I mean, yeah, that's kind of standard operating <laughs> procedure for twins, isn't it? You have to it? find out who the dominant twin is. <laughs> Gotta find out who they're like. Who's the leader? Who's the follower? Uh, so in 1974, the family moved to who? Have a Ford West? Sure. It's Wales. Um, as the only black children in their town, the girls were ostracized, severely bullied, to the point where school officials started allowing them to leave five minutes early so they could have a head start walking home. Wow. So right off the bat, yeah. Good work. Turns out racism can maybe fuck you up a little bit. Hmm. Uh, so this is understandably very traumatic for the girls. In around age eight or nine, they started to withdraw from the world. Uh, while they'd always been very close, they soon soon stopped speaking to anyone else, including their own family. Um, I don't like that. They began, yeah, they began communicating in their own private language, um, which is later identified to be a rapid-fire mashup of English and Barbadian slang. Barbadian? Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Um, this is actually a fairly common phenomenon among twins. It's known as cryptophagia. They just kind of make their own language. I mean... So that's a thing. Yeah, I've heard... I've heard that's a, a twin thing or like a close sibling thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the twins also began to move in unison. No. Often mirroring each other. No. Mm-hmm. No. Later that same year, a medic administering vaccinations at the school noticed their impassive behavior and notified a child psychologist. Probably not a bad move. I mean. No. Uh, after that, June and Jennifer began to see a succession of therapists who tried to get the girls to communicate with others without much success. Uh, they noted that Jennifer appeared to control June's actions. Um, one speech therapist noted that while she had had little success getting the girls to talk to her, it seemed that June may have wanted to speak and was stopped only by, like, eye signals from Jennifer. Um, do you remember those French sisters, right? The ones that murdered some people? Oh, the Erickson, Ursula and Sabine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, the Foliadu. Yes, that. I think they were actually, like... They were Swedish, living in Ireland, went to England, but yes. Yeah, the French thing might be a whole other yeah. situation, but it sounds like that. Um, yeah, a little bit of foliado. Or like the little girls from Mama, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, so a quote from this, therap- this speech therapist was, uh, The thought entered my mind that June was possessed by her twin. No. Which is comforting. I don't like that. <laughs> In 1978, when June and Jennifer were 14, um, their therapist attempted to separate the girls, thinking it might force them to re-enter the world. Um, So they sent them to different boarding schools, which only made the situation worse. While apart, June became nearly catatonic, nearly neither speaking or moving. Um, It once took two people to get her out of bed, and then all they could do was prop her up against a wall. So thank you for listening to Afternoonified, if you want to contact (laughs) This was my original idea for the episode, and I was like, I'm going to throw in a couple more stories, but this was... I'm going to ramp it up with some fake shit, and then I'm going to ruin her. Yep, that was the plan. Fair enough. Uh, The girls left school in 1979 at the age of 16, and once reunited at home, uh, they retreated to their room, communicating only with their younger sister, Rosie, and by letters to their family. This is going to be your favorite part. No. They passed their time playing with dolls. Absolutely not. 
inventing elaborate backstory names, backstories and names like Johnny Joshua and Anne Marie Astor Kingston, which honestly are great names. Yeah, I mean that's not the part that like gives me <laughs> pause. Oh, oh, we're we're not done with this paragraph yet. Uh, when a doll died, quote unquote, uh, they recorded it in an official notebook, and each with a specific cause of death, like slit face and cracked skull. So I don't want to do this podcast anymore. Um, we'll find you an alternative host, but that sentence has made me done. I'm sorry. I, I quit You'll give me back next time. Oh, I will. Oh, I will. <laughs> In 1979, June and Jennifer each received a red leather-bound diary from their mother, and they began to keep a detailed account of their lives. Uh, They pooled their dole money to enroll in a creative writing correspondence course, as this is just a fun, I don't, fun detail. They actually enrolled as one person and kind of just I don't know if I would call that a fun detail. It's definitely a piece of information. (laughs) It's, I found it interesting. (laughs) Um, But they prepared themselves to become famous authors. Author. Sorry, author. No, they each wrote their own thing. They just they did the correspondence courses one person. Like to save money here. I I think that was probably the biggest, honestly. Okay. Okay. I can get behind that. I've definitely, you know, signed up for extra emails <laughs> to get free postmates. I get it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh June wrote a novel titled Pepsi Cola Addict, in which a teenager from Malibu is seduced by a school teacher, takes up with a gang, and is sent to a reformatory school where a male guard makes a pass at him. Uh, in the end, he returns, he returns home only to die from an overdose of barbiturates. That's a lot the to unpack. The story of a generation. <laughs> Jennifer wrote two novels in a matter of weeks, which honestly Been there. is yeah. very <laughs> impressive. Uh, they were named Discomania and the Pugilist. The Pugilist? Uh, the latter. Pugilist, yeah. It was about a surgeon who transplants, transplants the heart of a family's boxer dog into his dying son. I, see, I would I would say that that's called the Pugilist as but Pugilist. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't know. I I only ever read it. I didn't look up the pronunciation. Because uh, I'm curious. I'm not even is Pugilist a word? Pugilist, a boxer, especially a professional oh. one. So that's why I think it might be pug because the Latin root um, pug something is means fight as opposed to pug, which okay. Yeah. So maybe kind of a play on words. I like that I got to be a little smart. (laughs) That is very smart. I got to say the words because of the Latin root. As I read (laughs) in the New York Times. June had her book published by Vanity Press, but Jennifer insisted on legitimate publication, um, and she received nothing but rejections. I I feel you, lady. That's the life, girl. (laughs) So around this time, the girls started drinking and using drugs. They broke into houses, smashed windows, and started fires. Uh, behaviors that eventually led to their arrest. At age 19, they were committed to the infamous Broadmoor Hospital, uh, infamous. the infamous, infamous high-security mental hospital that has housed multiple serial serial killers, including Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper. Oh shit! I like went to the Wikipedia page to like, oh, I gotta like give examples of like the like really serious folks that were held here, and it was just like. This guy, serial killer. This guy, comma, serial killer. This guy, comma, serial killer. Yeah, like, Britain likes to act like they're so much better nice than us. Place. But Yeah. Um, altogether, the twins spent nearly 12 years at Broadmoor, which by all accounts was actual hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, days after their arrival, June slipped into torpor. For a month, she hardly spoke at all, and a few weeks into her stay, she attempted suicide. Uh, Jennifer attacked a nurse and was given regular injections of a drug called Dexaprol. Um, it was an antipsychotic that caused her vision to blur and made it hard for her to read or write. 
Uh, their medications were eventually adjusted to allow them to continue their diaries, but they were and they were able to join the hospital choir, uh, but they had lost most of their interest in creative writing. I made a bad mistake and Googled pictures of these girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the dead eyes. It's dead eyes, yeah. Um, at times, the doctors at the hospital would put them together on the same ward, and this almost always ended in a fight. Um, then they would be separated, which is equally difficult for them to bear. Their family rarely visited. Uh, the girls began to lose hope that they would ever get out. Um, Jane would later blame the length of their sentence on their selective muteness. Um, direct quote from her is, Juvenile delinquents get two years in prison. We got 12. 12 years of hell because we didn't speak. We lost hope, really. I wrote a letter to the queen asking her to get us out, but we were trapped. So this is where the story, like, stops being creepy and starts being just tragic. <sighs> Lay it on me. Uh, during their stay, reporter for the London Sunday Times, Marjorie Wallace, learned about the twin story. Uh, she gained the confidence of their parents, um, who handed over the girls' diaries and writings, and then she met with the twins themselves in 1982. Uh, in the diary, she found nothing to indicate that they were psycho- psychopathic? Psychopathic? Uh, psychopathic. How do you pronounce it? Psychopathic? Uh, I know it's psychopathy. Yeah. And psychopath. I think psychopathic would be how that yeah, one is Yeah, psychopathic pronounced. sounds right. We're learning. Exactly. This is an educational podcast. No, Emily. it's not. Don't say that. <laughs> People will get the wrong idea. <laughs> you know. We gotta, we'll, we'll start putting a disclaimer. We're a comedy podcast and don't know anything. Sometimes you'll learn episodes. a thing, but that's completely incidental. <laughs> it's by accident, mostly. Um, so Marjorie would later become um, the twins' most vocal advocate. Uh, she would go on to write a book about them called The Silent Twins, which is where we get the name. And also the fact that they were silent twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in her biography, Wallace reported that the twins had a long-standing, long-standing agreement that if one of them died, the other must begin to speak and live a normal life. Uh, during their stay in Broadmoor, they began to believe that it was actually necessary for one of them to die. And after much discussion, Jennifer agreed to make the sacrifice of her life. In March 1993, as the twins were finally released from Broadmoor um, and transferred to a less, um, they were transferred from Broadmoor to a less restrictive hospital in Wales. And on the bus to their new home, Jennifer laid her head on June's shoulder and said, at long last, we're out. Uh, Less than 12 hours later, she had died. Her cause of death was determined to be an undiagnosed infection of her, of the heart. At a later inquest, June revealed that Jennifer had been acting strangely for about a day before their release. Um, her speech began, had begun slurring, and she'd said that she was dying. Um, on a visit a few days later, Wallace recounted that June was in a strange mood and said, I'm free at last, liberated, and at last Jennifer has given up her life for me. All right. So what I'm getting here is undiagnosed mental illness that we didn't know how to treat in the late 80s and early 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this seems to be kind of... And also, bullying people is bad. Don't bully people. Especially not because of their race. Oh, God. It just makes makes me very knock it off. Honestly. (laughs) And and then also, like, it bumps me out that this is now passed around the story of, passed around the internet as a story of, have you heard about these groups? And I know, like, that's how I presented it at the beginning of the episode, but, like, ugh. Yeah. Like, to the point where I almost, like, I did go ahead and do this episode because I found it to be a very interesting story. But at the same time, I was like, I don't really want to be, like, playing into this. I mean, I feel like since you did the rest of the story. Yes. Um, and I'm going to say now, um, in 2000, the New Yorker's Hilton Owls traveled to Wales to meet June. Um, he describes her as living a normal, if lonely, life. And I would highly recommend this article if you want, like, a version of the story that's not, like, oh, too spoopy for me. <laughs> Um, 
It's called We Too Made One. It's from December 2000. The New Yorker, Hilton Owls. It's amazing. So has she ever explained it's the full why? story? No, I don't think the... I think it's just kind of that, like, isolation they felt as children being the only, like, black children in their school and having that sense of otherness. And then there is probably some, like, sort of mental illness aspect to it that it's just... It feels like almost a vicious cycle sort of thing. Yeah, it's like the secret garden, but sad. Yeah, and then, like, the doctors are so adamant that they start talking to people, and I don't know if that was really a healthy form of treatment for them. I mean, I'm generally like, okay. it seemed to just, like, make it worse. Yeah, like, I'm okay, generally, but if someone, like, demands that I do something, don't want to do it. Yeah, and so... Yeah, all right. It's it's very sad, and... Yes. Not Mental illness is not creepy. Uh, there are details in the story that feel very creepy, but the story as a whole is very sad. So I, I um, feel like I kind of need to break the tension a little. Oh, um, I'm not quite done. Oh, good. I, I'll, there's a little epilogue. Oh. Um, June was still living at a halfway house when um, Hilton Owls visited in 2000. Uh, she later moved to her own apartment. By 2008, she was living quietly and independently near her parents in West Wales. Uh, she's no longer being monitored by psychiatric services and by all accounts has been accepted by her community. That's nice. So, not a tragic ending. <laughs> Could be worse, I feel like. Uh, I'm still going to break the tension a little bit. Yeah, please say something funny now. Remember, this is an educational slash comedy podcast. Uh, knock knock. Who's there? Yoda lady. Yoda lady. <laughs> I didn't know you could yodel. I hate you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Oh, that was a much needed joke. <laughs> I was gonna go to just remember. I was gonna go to riddles.com, but I felt like <laughs> Oh god, no. <laughs> oh god. Um okay, I'll I'll tell another joke in a minute because we're gonna make people very sad, I expect. Um we are taking a short break. Short break. Very short break. Uh we will be back. Well, we have one one episode after this, but we wanted to like warn you guys. Um yeah. That we were. So Emily's going to do a mystery, and then we're going to be back on September. I had the date. September 18th. With, I feel like this is important it's to a- note, episode 69. <laughs> it is episode 69, and I'm very excited. I'm also a little disappointed that Sarah vetoed my idea to do the porno twin murders. <laughs> not twins, they there were brothers. There was a whole My Favorite Murder they about were brothers. That. Uh, the Mitchell brothers. I'm not doing that. Go listen to Karen yeah. Kilgariff tell you about it. There's also yeah, she, there's also an episode of the dollop. I'm not competing with Sarah with Karen. No, and you're definitely not competing with Dave Anthony. He does the research. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to do research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, who would want to buy a twenty-five dollar book to do research <laughs> on a thing that we'll talk about for an hour? Useless. Anyways, yeah. So one more episode, then one short break, and then we'll be back with all new afternoonified. Yes, uh, a lot of it. Oh, yeah. A lot of new. No reruns. We'll leave it at that. Um, oh, so I, I another knock-knock joke, you know, because oh, I yes. want to make people sad. Super cool that my phone doesn't recognize my face. <laughs> what do we got here? Uh, oh, here we go. Knock-knock. Who's there? Leaf. Leaf who? Leaf the house. You're not the owner anymore. What? I think in that joke, I repossessed your house. Did you just evict me with a knock-knock joke? Yeah. Uh... Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting sloth. Interrupting sloth who? Sloth. Oh, my God. 
can this be our new podcast? I just fucked myself over so hard because I use like a setting in my audio program to cut silences down. <laughs> just ruined your joke. And now I can't. I can't. If I want to keep the joke, I add like 30 minutes onto my editing. And if I want to fuck the joke up. Emily, it's worth the 30 minutes of your time. <sighs> All right. Um, if you liked this episode, please tell us about it on Twitter at Afternoonified uh instagram at afternoonified where i'm sure there will be pictures of all these twins there will uh, maybe a picture of a sloth i don't know what our slideshow is looking like actually sure i love sloths i will add a picture of a sloth um we are on facebook at facebook.com slash get afternoonified i'm gonna be real with you guys it's just another place for our instagram post to go but if you like facebook more it's for all all our baby boomer listeners yes. who haven't figured out what instagram all is of yet. the drunk aunts in the audience <laughs> Uh, we have a website, getafternoonified.com, uh, where you can donate to our tip jar. Uh, you can look at past episodes, which I'm going to be real with you. You can do in any podcasting app. Um, or you can buy merch. Merch is very important. Yeah, buy some merch. Um, hurry before Midge Midge 2020 is no longer funny. It's coming up pretty fast, guys. Although, you honestly, get it while you can. with the number of people running right now... I mean, I kind of just assume that's who Marianne Williamson is in her heart. Oh, God, yeah. You know, I would vote for a uh, a midge. What was the name of the cat from the last episode? Uh, something. Pumpkin Anderson Harden. Yeah, I would I would do a midge pumpkin Anderson Harden ticket. <laughs> I, you know, I think, so that was the video we posted last week. I think my alternate um, caption for that was, I'm pretty sure pumpkin Anderson Harden is Marianne Williamson's running mate. <laughs> Oh, my God. We also have a new um, email address. We do. Thanks to some extensive restructuring at the Afternoonified offices. <laughs> like two days of just emails from Google Drive. Um, but you can find that at afternoonifiedpod at gmail.com. Please do not email afternoonified at gmail.com or get afternoonified at gmail.com. I may have sent some verification codes to people who own a board game shop and an Etsy store. Um, if you do want to send an email to those people and ask them if we can have their emails, go for I mean, it. We'd appreciate that. We've been having it out with that board game shop in Australia since we started, but <laughs> the Etsy store can be broken easily. <laughs> I feel like the Etsy store is kind of new. I feel like it we, is. It's it, definitely open. We were here first. They then. opened early 2019. Um, oh yeah. Yep. We can take them. <laughs> so, uh, in closing, hold on. <laughs> This is going to be another knock-knock joke. Knock-knock. Who's there? Rupert Pipsalbum. <laughs> Rupert Pipsalbum who? Exactly how many Rupert Pipsalbums do you know? <laughs> Are you getting these from a website? I need to know this website. I have a eight-year-old nephew. Short-funny.com. Is he eight for serious? Um, Technically, he will be eight in a month. Christ. I don't want to talk Tell about it. Tell him to knock it off. <laughs> I've tried. He keeps growing. Mm. Oh, here's one for our nerdy crowd. Uh, knock, knock. Who's there? Art. Art who? R2-D2, of course. ba 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 Leave. ba 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 Leave. This is what we're fading the episode out on. I'm mad at you now. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. We love you. Goodbye.